0: What's up, guys? It's Captain Cook. Welcome back to Spicy Memories, the podcast where we talk about food and stuff and life. Um, this is episode, I want to say sixteen, but once again, not one hundred percent sure because I don't do my uh, proper prep. So it's probably episode sixteen, but if it's not, it's just I'm sorry. You're already listening, so you're here. That's it. And I'm joined today, uh, by somebody that I briefly went to high school with, and somebody that I've known for a while. Um, she is a designer. She's a New York native, a food lover, a drink lover. She's a digital creator and the founder of Coven, C-O-V-N, a customizable fashion brand focusing on eco-friendly fabrics, ethical manufacturing, and customer creative control, which is insanely dope. And I'm definitely going to ask her more about that. But Rebecca Rampersad, how you doing? Thank you. Hi, thank so, you
1: for having me.
0: So much for coming on. This is gonna
1: be <laughs> That was an amazing introduction. That was my bit to like, you know, say anything about myself, but you you did it. That's okay. Um <laughs> I mean, that's,
0: no, but so that that being said, uh, anything I didn't mention, um I don't know if you want to mention anything else, professional-wise or non-whatever, but uh, yeah, go ahead. Just for-
1: Yeah, I mean, um, Westchester, grew up here, went to the same high school, very much know the same local eateries. Um, I studied abroad, uh, well, studied fully abroad for four years did my entire degree in London, so I had a lot of uh, international experience and travel and eating, which I definitely took full advantage of living in Europe for that time, <laughs> yeah. and uh, I'm actually going to move back there this fall. Are you? Uh, yeah. What part of <laughs> Um, back to the UK, really? uh, but I'm not to London. I'm going to move up to Leeds and do a oh, master's nice. um, in entrepreneurship and innovation, which ties into the whole coven bit of my own fashion company. Amazing. So, yeah. i
0: sure mean, um, to, to meander on up to Scotland at some point. The-
1: I know. Oh, I'm a massive whiskey fan. Like, oh, it's like, like my <laughs> bar is just, it's Irish whiskey. It's bourbon. It's scotch. It's rye. And that's it. And then that's maybe awesome. some vermouth. <laughs>
0: that's hey you know you don't really need anything else I mean you you listed anything other than all the alcohols that are 40 percent. you pretty much outranked my bar already because I pretty much much just have the stuff that I need you know like to get me there and then I'm like you know well it's now
1: part of my personality the fact that I went to a a barbecue this weekend and someone's like who brought whiskey to a barbecue and
0: it was like Rebecca oh
1: (laughs) it was bourbon iced tea it was very good
0: such a fucking southern beautiful summer drink like, it's like right like I'm, gonna have, I'm gonna have a bourbon a sweet tea just like yeah
1: you so can drink like, whiskey anytime any place, anywhere actually ironically i'm not drinking whiskey i'm drinking rosé
0: but and i am for those of you who aren't watching because you're on spotify or apple i'm drinking a guinness because i had it in my fridge and uh they're in the cans and it's frothy as they smell skull cheers skull. skull. was it uh how did they say in Scotland? Scottish? Uh, Scottish Jesus. Scotland. Scottish. <laughs>
1: Scottish. That was um <clears> throat> Swedish throat> Norwegian. French. Cheers. French. Yeah.
0: No, Skull, I know, believe me. I'm I'm a I'm big into the Vikings. I'm like, I'm I want to do t- 23 andme and I'm like praying that I have even like a shred. Like you should absolutely do it. If I, told, I, told, I told my wife, I told my family, I'm like, if I find out that I even have 3% Scandinavian, just Viking tattoos all over the place. Just like, oh my straight God. Viking. Ta- I'm going to look like Ragnar from Viking. It's going to be amazing. Like, I can't wait. <laughs> it's like when somebody finds out they're like 9%, like, you know, Native American, and they get just like a nice big ass feather right there, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was
1: hoping for something interesting in my 23 and Me, but I got nothing really. Nothing really. Yeah. <laughs> It's I was like, funny. you're 99.6% South Asian. I'm like, cool, yeah. cool, cool.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a, I, I keep on saying that to my family. I'm like, I want something different. I want something different. They're just like, you're going to come up as Italian. You're going to come up as Italian. I was like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm hoping yeah. that somebody played a little hyposalami when they shouldn't have Right. And, you know, like things mixed around, you know, that's, I want that. I'm sick of this, uh, this whole, everything's dark with me, you know, but like, not like a good kind of dark, like that. It's like, <laughs> it's like, ugh.
1: Yeah, get in touch with your roots, do it. I, I tell you it's the best thing.
0: Yeah, well. So first of all, thank you so much for coming on. Um, before, I don't know, before we get into it really quickly, I mean, 2020 has been one crazy year for everybody that we got through somehow, uh, <laughs> barely. And um, I don't know, I mean, did you pick up anything? I, I'm gonna start asking this to people because I'm actually curious. What's one thing that you picked up in 2020 maybe that is maybe like a new hobby or habit or something you like or dislike, like something maybe that, Sprung upon you in the last year, where you're just like, "Oh shit, this is like a thing for me now."
1: Uh, honestly, uh, nothing. I'm like, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not one of those like baker self help people in the quarantine. Honestly, the whole COVID thing kicked my ass. I lost my job. My boyfriend broke up with me. I moved back home. It was terrible. <laughs> I ain't but nobody got time to bake when you're that sad. <laughs>
0: as I said, we all had one fucking hell of a year. It was, that's and people. I, I don't know. People in positions like yours too were like you had to deal with like a lot of shit. I give you a lot of credit for dealing with that all year.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I I do think I so not to be like oh, I did it before is cool, but I was unemployed living at home before it was cool. Okay, or before pandemic, guys. <laughs> I I did this like two years ago, so having being unemployed again, it was actually nice to be part of the community and be like, yeah, everybody's unemployed though. So it's, there's no shame in it. And then you get like extra money every week. And it was actually really nice to be in in literally a global pandemic and not have to worry about my job and going to work every day because it's mentally exhausting just being alive and I True. like the epicenter happened in Westchester in like literally 0.1 miles away from my house in Eastchester yeah, so but, the
0: border of Larchmont and Shell, so I was even closer
1: right so, yeah, so was, you, know, you know we we were there when it started yeah. there throughout all of New York lockdown one of the only cities in America to actually have a fully lockdown lockdown yeah. um but yeah that being said <laughs> I don't have any hobbies alcoholism hey, but I've
0: always hey, always had hey, that, that <laughs> Hobby that you need, believe me. <laughs> the only hobby that you need. So old like, news. Like, you enjoy a cocktail, right? I'm like, do you mean by that? Like, I put it in a glass. Like, yeah. I, no, I, I do that. Like, I put it in a glass. <laughs> so that's that's about as far as I get. Some nights, like, I'll buy bitters and I'll buy all this stuff, and I'm like, ooh, I'm gonna make a old fashioned or whatever. And I'm just like sipping neat bourbon at the end of the night, just like fucking whatever. Like, just, it's. it's not, just, I like, I have
1: a good appreciation now for making home drinks and like like home cocktails. I right. think I always would mainly go out to a bar to do that but you've, you're you forced to you know learn how to make your favorite cocktails and now i make excellent manhattans excellent negronis there you go Negroni. yeah <laughs> yes.
0: and yeah over the summer i made a i made a blood orange aperol spritz mm. so i used blood orange Love aperol. blood orange soda from trader joe's with prosecco um and actual blood oranges that's like that's amazing it was great yeah it was and I, yeah. I, can I
1: like? Can you redo that batch and maybe not summer yeah. summer day?
0: <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm fully vaccinated now. Everyone's getting it app. I'm gonna just spray it in people's faces. Like, it's just like, like, <laughs> particles. Particles are gonna be sprayed all over everybody. Like, it's yeah. Great. I
1: got my second dose today, so I'm I'm Congratulations. happy. Congratulations. It's a little, <laughs> little bit sore. That's why we're drinking. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The one I got my second dose. I got the Pfizer one, and she gave me a warning ahead of time that I've never had before. She was like, "I'm gonna use the longer needle." Oh. I'm like the needle's already pretty long, man, to start. And she's like, no, 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 but like this one, I can't put it in all the way. And like it took everything in my being not to be like, all right, but like that's what she said. But like I just and your pants
1: were my... down and you were leaning over the table.
0: <laughs> I was like, are you this sure is this normal. How... Is are you sure this is how this is done? And she's just like, just trying not to breathe or cough too loud. And I'm like, what? I was like, all right, like if you say this is how it's done, I guess that's fine. And then you know, you know, I couldn't I couldn't sit for a few days, but I I'm fully vaccinated, so there you go
1: there we are i'm I'm team moderna but it's you know guys it's whatever is available to you
0: right exactly (laughs) and if you haven't already you should totally try and do it It, all the cool kids are doing it look at us right don't you want to be like us we are vaccine
1: influencers right now
0: Vaccine content creators that's what i'm talking about
1: (laughs) sponsored by the cdc
0: (laughs) next week we'll have dr anthony fauci no
1: Oh, can you imagine,
0: <laughs> Fauci? What's your on?
1: favorite pasta?
0: <laughs> well, you know, I have to say, I really love spaghetti, but I actually oh man, I think I would he would choose spaghetti, spaghetti, honestly. He seems like just a spaghetti in a bowl type of dude, you know? Yeah,
1: like, yeah, very simple, simple. Like, no frills. Like,
0: or like, you know, no, Tony. no, he's, like, no. he's, he's definitely like, not ravioli. Like, oh no, 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 he's probably just like I like the classics, you know? He's like, yeah, oh, Fauci's like, the classics. Absolutely. Oh, Fauci. All right. <laughs> so, so I want to start by just briefly talking about Coven, if that's cool. Uh, yeah. I gave a little intro to it. Do um, you want to describe it in a different way than I did before I ask the question? I don't want to like butcher what it actually is. No, I'll,
1: I'll give you guys a little bit more background on me. So I uh, studied fashion design at school. And when I graduated, and my final collection was very eco, everything was made of silk. And I actually learned about how to get like cruelty free Uh, feathers which is a thing apparently the feather industry is horribly corrupt and they (laughs) pluck when you have feathers plucked from animals it's much worse than having them molten off um so like just naturally so I had these feathers from a feather ostrich farm in California sent to me while I was living in London that was cruelty free feathers and I hand dyed them but in uni we didn't really learn that much we had maybe one class about sustainability and eco fashion and fashion is such a wasteful industry. It's the third largest industry in the entire world. I mean, I don't think a lot of people realize that, but it is, and it's very wasteful and many more things can be done to change it. And I think if you ask anybody on the street, like, how were your clothes made? They think like robots are making it, but at the end of the day, it's it's still being made in a very turn of the century way where there's a person and there's a sewing machine. So for, for me, I wanted to create something that was fashion and technology, Um, But also, you know, that's going to be eco friendly. That's going to be like a really beautiful fabric, not like an eco fabric that looks like it's made out of burlap, something luxurious. Right. (laughs) Not anything wrong with that. But, you know, that's one sector. Um, And then like also for women it's very hard to like the the two four six kind of grading for dresses and clothing was actually made in the 1950s to streamline and pump out clothing graded that way so you can just make more of the sizes but before then for before that time the 1950s all clothing was made to your body you know we we didn't force ourselves to fit into jeans and things like this like they were made for us based on the way we were so Coven a, long a big time ago
0: if you were like a peasant if you had no money in the 16 1500 anything like that everything was made to your body yeah why you wore these like you know like peasant clothing which was basically probably very you know comfortable like rags. <laughs> basically you know like probably better than the people that were in the palace uh, you know yeah but things
1: were just they were better made and they were made for a longer time whereas now fast fashion is very reusable um very badly made made of like bad materials so Uh, What Coven does, we use eco fabrics, so it's better for the environment. They're all made from recycled wood pulp, Um, and then the dress design is based off of different women's body types, and it's actually customizable by style. So let's say you're going somewhere and you need a longer dress because it's a formal event. You can make that dress longer. Um, You can add sleeves if you like. And then on top of that customization, you get to customize it based on your bust waist and hips. So let's say you're a little bit bustier, but you have a smaller waist and you have like the average eight hip. That dress can be made for your body type using these like block point sizes. So the dress is quote unquote custom to you because nobody's, you know, a perfect eight like that. Um, So it's kind of combining all those things.
0: Which is awesome because I think like, look, it's, it's awesome enough that it's, you know, (laughs) sustainable and that, you know, you're really caring about like, you know, the ethics of manufacturing and all that. But on top of all of that, I think the customization and like giving the actual consumer like creative control is the coolest part because that kind of a realm is still not very, you know, widely used. And I think a lot of times it's because with a lot of companies, like if, if you're going to a lot of these places where you're going to make like a suit, right? Like if I was having a suit mm. completely tailored to my body, even if it is made of not the best material, I'm still going to spend well over a $1,000 probably or at least yeah. close to it. You know, so I think that was part of the reason. So if you're making it online more accessible and the thing with those places is, is they can be very unapproachable. They can be very mm. kind of intimidating to go in there. You know, I mean, I've been in that position myself before I started my new job. I have to wear a suit every day for work and I was in the Westchester and there's one of those stores in there in the mall that does like custom suits and you know but I was also just like like even if I could or wanted to spend the $1,300 on the basic suit that I'm going to have them tailored to my body it just seemed like it was just very like looking at the place I was just I got very intimidated so I think on top of everything what you're offering too is a much more approachable like interface for people as well, yeah,
1: we want people to use it, we want to be inclusive. And I mean, Coven the name is like you know, yeah. a coven of witches, coven of women, it's a community, too,
0: yeah, because it's not only, <laughs> not only women owned but like women of color owned, which I love. Yes, it's and it's you, it seems like you've seriously thought on like every aspect of it on how to just like make it better, which is like awesome. So, which is amazing. And just so you guys know, if you want to check it out even now while we're talking, it's uh, join the coven c o v n. Right, so www.jointhecoven.com. C-O-V-N, and I'm gonna put all your links and your socials yes. and whatever you want in the description for this, and it'll be posted. Don't worry about that, guys. But um, so when, so I know I know it's been a few years now since you launched that, but when did you first like to go back a little bit? When did you really start thinking about kind of like eco friendly options in fashion? Like, was it like a specific brand that kind of was like I should do something different, or was it like an experience? that you had like was it something specific or was it kind of like you were in college and you realized that there weren't a lot of like classes and you're like you know what this is what I want to kind of focus yeah. on yeah
1: it's always been like an interest of mine I mean in in high school I was actually like co-president of the going green club for my senior year and a member before then and um it was just surprising to see the lack of options but I came from a very frivolous almost industry if you think about it. I mean all the fashion's frivolous in a way um to anyone who isn't in the industry can see how that seems like that. I mean, art in itself, the creative world is, you know, paint costs money and it's like materials cost money, fabric costs money. It's all very, you know, it's not the best in terms of the environment. Um, That's that's,
0: that's been known for years.
1: That's been known for sure. Um, But yeah, I I think really it was seeing it from the bridal evening wear perspective, um, you know, I worked for a lot of bridal and evening wear designers and the process was just very old-fashioned like working for all of these different designers from small designers i worked out of their living room going you know on the subway to the last stop on the f train and coming back just to pick up samples to like working for i've i've worked for big companies like urbn which is anthropology urban outfitters yeah, yeah no, i i've worked for Postel, haley wow. page um, and many more, it's like from the top to the bottom, so much more could be done and it's still being done the very old way. And I realized the brick and mortars have no reason to invest in change. It has to come from a new company, you know, and it also just the toxic work environment and within the fashion industry, I have left the fashion industry. I speak to you now, you know, I'm a, I'm a graphic designer is what I get paid for, to do because, you know, I was under, underpaid, overworked. To be frank, yeah. and that kind of industry being that toxic, like I want to be the change from within it. Like, I want to give, you know, and now people are going to quote me back from this. I'm going to say it anyways, <laughs> but you know, like paid maternity leave, like paying your interns, like, you know, like just not overworking people to their core. At in the weekend, some days when I was interning, we were up to like two or three o'clock in the morning before runway shows. And I was like, you know, putting snaps on a collar or something. I'm like, like so stressed. I'm like, what are we doing? Like, I'm not saving the world. We're not curing cancer. Like we're, It. it but that's what it feels like truly when you're in it that deep. And yeah, it's a lot of like change that needs to happen. Um, and you really can't do that even if, you know, if you work for another company, you need to kind of do it yourself. I think a lot of brands out there are realizing that and, um, you know, changing for the better. And it's really about, you know, consumers holding brands continually accountable and making them be transparent and change. So, you know, it's, it's really in the hands of everyone as well as, you know, the designers out there.
0: Yeah. And I think what you, you know, having the consumers, you know, hold those, count, those, you know, companies accountable, that's 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 part of the problem with so many things going on now even with like you know with you know global warming and with waste and like recycling like we you can make small changes in your life to know that you're not necessarily adding excess waste right or you know anything like that but it what all of us do is literally nothing compared to what like corporations will do as far as like waste and like, well a hundred percent
1: which is like yes hold people accountable, but, like, you know, I guess more of, like, if you have that expendable income, you know, put your money where your mouth is, Right. and I I attribute eco-ethical fashion to organic food, you know, same exact thing. Not everyone can afford to eat organic, and not everyone wants to, but if you want to, and you do, and that's your choice, it's an option for you, but you're going to pay a higher point for it, and that's it with ethical fashion. It's those, um, you know, girls or influencers do $200 Shein hauls from like China, yeah. where you can kind of invest, you have $200 to spend. You could spend that in a better way. Right. And the industry itself is not accessible to most people. I'm not gonna lie. I'm on here. I shop locally. I shop at the high street I shop at Zara, you know, I thrift when I want to, when I can, but like nobody is perfect. Right. And You know, it's just more of like demanding, I guess, inclusivity from brands. And now, I think in 2021, I would love to grow up in this time. Honestly, I'm jealous of Gen Z because there's so much great body positivity, and there's so much information out there that it makes you feel so normal in a way. I love TikTok, so like, you know, it
0: (laughs) made my fucking life. Like, I don't know what I did before TikTok, and I was so like resistant against it for so long. Because Oh, you millennial. I know. My wife had gotten it and she was laughing and like watching all this shit. And I'm like, What is this? And she's just like, Well, you don't want to get it, so I'm not gonna show you the video. And I was just like, Fuck and then I downloaded TikTok and I'm just like, Why did why did I not have this? This is literally incredible. Like
1: It's amazing. I it's it's like fine, but it's very no frills, very like personal and it I don't know how I got through I wouldn't have gone through this quarantine without TikTok,
0: honestly. Absolutely not. I mean that's why I downloaded it in about a year ago now. And I'm thrilled now that it's like that's it, just takes up so much of my time too, which is kind of amazing.
1: And the food talks on
0: there, I mean, amazing. I know, that's like so many of those like hacks. And like, I've also just learned like how to do, like, somebody literally one of my hot sauces that I make is literally made with mango. And I literally saw a video with something that I struggle with so much because I only use fresh ingredients, I don't use any (laughs) additives or chemicals or anything like that. So that's annoying because I always have to get fresh mangoes, and mangoes are to put it delicately a huge pain in the butthole to get uh the actual meat out of the mango mm-hmm. and all of it with that stupid oval skinny circular meat. yep so i saw this hack on tiktok and it literally changed my life and I was, just like, <laughs> I was like how the fuck did i not know this like oh my god
1: i know i we're learning the most tiktok university
0: i know oh my god so and so you were talking about studying and you studied in london Yes. Okay. So, aside from the fact that it's London and there are incredible sites and you're in one of the coolest fucking cities in the world, outside of that, right? Seeing as this is kind of like a food-ish uh, podcast, sometimes depending on how much I've had <laughs> food-ish, to drink, yeah. Depending awesome. on how much I've had to drink in the episode, because uh, sometimes it just goes way off. The sometimes it's just like, what am I listening to? You know. Um, but London food is something that I'm very interested in because London food has transformed, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that London as a city is, like, very diverse. Like, very, yeah. very diverse. Like, like literally, like, more than half the people that live in an 8 million population city, more than 50% are not, like, British white people. So mm-hmm. when you, you know, I guess I'm curious, like, what kind of London food you would often frequent? Like, was it, you know, the, the traditional pub fair, or was it, like, you know, did you go to all these different restaurants you know like indian restaurants african restaurants brazilian like all these places that are now popping up throughout london like what was yeah so like frequent
1: you know so there's definitely some foods that i will only have in new york (laughs) there's so many foods i love that are purely new york that you cannot replicate anywhere else um and also the you know it's a big ocean there i've no mexican food in europe is my thing it's just too far away from mexico guys (laughs) uh so the best food really is definitely indian food there um like just the and we talked about this earlier like right. tikka masala being british it's, literally it's british. they literally serve that in pubs like curries will be on the menu which is um, the greatest thing about <laughs> like
0: infiltration it's just so fucking cool because it's it's good you really like think that, t- that like you know chicken tikka masala would be served in a british pub
1: they sell i don't know if you know this but they sell like curries in jars like pasta sauce Like you would get, yeah, so you would pick a tikka masala, korma, you just buy it, you buy your rice, just the same way you make pasta, you'll make a curry at home. Like, and I I love that. I think that's just so it's also refreshing as a South Asian to see Indian food being appreciated that way. Cause I think in American culture, it's like, Oh, don't go on a date. Don't go out to Indian food. Exactly. You know, what's gonna, you know, it's a negative connotation where there it's very positive and it's very like in- ingrained in their culture. Exactly. Um, so them. there's no. none of that. No.
0: And as I was talking about earlier, like British Indians of, you know, or people who are in, you know, London or, you know, who are of Indian ethnicity, they, 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 I think they make up like almost 7% of the entire population of mm. London, which is incredible. There's over like 300 languages that are spoken in London. Like London has become, like everyone around here, I think, on this side of the pond, as this say, <laughs> everyone <laughs> they here say. thinks of like Europe and London as like, you know, the factory where they make white people, you know? Like it's just mm-hmm. like, because that's like, it's, it's, you know, it's England, you know, that's what you think of. But in actuality, I mean, yes, the rural parts, much like the rural parts here, you know, instead of the cities, are not as diverse as the cities but London itself having a population that's almost pretty much what New York is had, I think, if I'm not mistaken, like
1: eight. Yeah, no, they're they're on par geographically and population is about a million.
0: And having that kind of diversity, even in a place like that, I think that needs to be kind of focused on and like embraced a little bit, you know? And I'm just, I'm, I'm really curious how that, how it has transformed because it kind of brings up the question like, and this is a little bit deep and I don't know if this is necessarily uh, on par with food or whatever, but with all this, like diversity and stuff, these people, you know, they they. They come from all these countries throughout the world. They bring their food. They bring their culture. Their new Mm -hmm. shops to pop up. And all of a sudden, you're transforming the city into this beautiful, like, melting pot. But, like, is that still, like, in a place like London? And this is your opinion. This is not, like, definitive or whatever. But, like, do you think that that's the right way to, like, really, like, properly integrate cultures together? Or is it, like, still going to be thought of as, like people thinking of it as like a separate entity kind of like oh let's go out for like this cuisine or like that you know what I mean? yeah
1: it, no there's definitely still like let's go out for this cuisine it's not like super integrated like that and in terms of integration honestly the only country I've seen do this well to the way that we speak of is America and you can say anything you want about that but you know being american you can be any color and like sure there's like you know racist people who think being american equals being white yes. but i <laughs> i really enjoyed being over there because you know i was first and foremost known as being american than like being different whereas as, as an american who grew up here who is american you know i still like oh like where are your parents from like i still get that yeah. which is you know and there's definitely racism everywhere. But that was like a slight difference that I noticed. But in general, um, in Europe, and I think may, many other parts of the world, which we are unique in America not having is like, if you look Chinese, you're from China. If you look Indian, you're from India. And most people it know that to be true, because that is usually true. Whereas in America, it truly is a melting pot right. of different cultures, different backgrounds. And, yeah. you know, I think we've done integration in a way because there's that history of like, you know, you leave a bit of your culture behind to join the American culture and like first, second, third generation, your kids aren't even, you know, you know, Colombian anymore. They're they're American. They're American through and through. And I think Europe does a better job in the UK, especially with ho- keeping your culture to, you know, those values and those traditions. Um, I've met other people. So I, my, my family's from Guyana. Um, and I've met other Guyanese people in the UK and they're just so much more attuned to their culture because there's less of a pressure to conform to the British culture. Cause there's a whole slew of like things. Like for example, you can't so- call someone who isn't white English in the UK. You, they're British. Right. Yeah. They're not English. You know. And I learned that lesson, like in real life, when I was seeing someone who was British, but he wasn't white. And I said in passing, he was English, and he was like, "Oh, you can't say that because I'm I'm not white." And I was like, "How how is that not like so racial? Like, I mean, <laughs> what?" I know it's
0: just it's I, I I don't know. I mean, this is why I wanted to ask about this because you you were there for four years. And yeah. I just and you know I I'm just I'm curious because I think a lot of us have that notion of like I said like that's just like the origin of like white people you know like that's the, yeah so you don't think of it automatically as that but the transformation has been like insane in the past yeah. decades and which which I love I, I think more You know, a lot of cities have a tendency to do that because of, like, geography and, like, you know, housing and, you know, affordability and also just, like, convenience and being close to everything, that cities tend to be more diverse anyway than rural areas. I mean, that's true in pretty much every state in the United States. I mean, you go to Texas, where they literally make white people, and Mm -hmm. Austin is, like, one of the most, like awesome like lively like diverse like cities that's been known in like the south i mean there's like you know there's a huge like you know gay and bi and trans and you know population and all different kinds of cultures and stuff and it's it's different in other places like houston Uh, but but uh i I feel like in any city it's that's going to be true but i just found it fascinating because along with all those beautiful cultures came this complete transformation of food like you were saying we're now you know chicken tikka masala is being served in pubs which is fucking awesome that's like so it's
1: amazing, amazing. obviously there's a price to be paid brexit didn't happen because we all love each other <laughs> um so I I, de- I definitely think England has its own bit and so learn from and change itself it's definitely not perfect but I I was drawn drawn to the UK and going to school there it was um a massive drinker probably uh, luckily my parents had put me in AA when I was younger but <laughs> they just didn't know I was European at heart yeah, <laughs> it's not their fault didn't know that you over
0: there Like if you go there, they're just like, no, no, like you're not, you're not, no, you're doing what you're supposed to. This is not, you're not, no, excess. No, no, no." Yeah.
1: So imagine being like 18 years old, straight out of East Chester High School and you move to a country where you're, the drinking age is 18. Like at university events, they would give away alcohol to get the kids to come. You know, we had a university bar on campus at cheaper prices for pints, you know, like it is so amazing. It's It's
0: amazing because also I feel like if they did lower the drinking age like that, I don't think there would be this like slew of like alcohol poisonings and like all that stuff. I feel like if you like, you know when I actually stopped caring as much about going to bars when I turned 21? Yeah. I was, it's just the truth of it. And it happens with a lot of people where it's, it's not, when it's not this like forbidden thing, right. It takes on a whole different connotation where Mm -hmm. I remember even when I went to Italy for the first time, I was like 13. And the waiter asked if I could have wine with dinner to my dad. And I looked at the waiter and I was like, yep, and just like... <laughs> you answered yes. yes. But like, even from when I was a kid, like my dad would always give me like a small tiny glass of wine or like a sip of his bourbon when I was like nine or 10, just to like kind of introduce it. And he constantly enforced this uh, notion of like, if you don't do anything like to excess like that, you're going to be able to enjoy it pretty much for the rest of your life. And my, I was like, well, I'm still going to drink a lot, but like, thanks. That's yeah, whatever. But um,
1: no, but I think that's the right I, way to do it. And yeah, parenting wise, exactly. you know?
0: And I think if you introduce things to kids in the right way, and you know, instead of just being like, "You gotta drink," you know, whatever, and it's it's not going to cause this like rebellious like purging, you know, that can no. happen. And I don't know personally. I think that I'm I'm one of those people where I think the voting age and the drinking age should be switched. Personally, yeah, I just like I, I love the fact that I was able to uh, vote right after I turned eighteen. But
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, I also think that if I had to wait till I was 21 and actually in my 20s and not a teenager anymore, I may not have voted any differently, but maybe somebody else would have. Yeah, and yeah. I, I feel it, and I, I don't see any harm in. I mean, I was drinking more at seventeen and eighteen than I do nowadays. So, I, you know, <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think it really mattered that much anyway. But. um so no culturally I,
1: for sure the the drinking age was nice as well sure but that. i also love british food just full stop british food bangers and mash shepherd's nice. pie fish oh, and yes. chips okay. like uh oh, sausage roll all of the british snacks they have uh <laughs> all right
0: so that so that leads me to i'm gonna steal uh from david chang's podcast okay he, has, he doesn't listen to this so I um, <laughs> fuck you, you david know, chang yeah, you know i did <laughs> I did uh, post uh, Momofuku, his restaurant. I posted Momofuku's chili crunch that they sell now. The I menu, saw that post. And I like. They liked it. Momo actually liked it. So that's pretty big deal. I went to bed smiling. I'm like, well, I made it. This is great. You know, <laughs> I made it. Like, yeah. um, but no, he actually. And before we get off the topic of the of Indian food. He's got a whole episode of Ugly Delicious on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And he goes to India with Aziz Ansari and a few other people. and Oh, my God. And they go through all the different cultures and all the different foods. And how, you know, in America, especially... Indian food that you would get at like an Indian quote-unquote restaurant is really just from like kind of like one or two like areas like it's not real actual full Indian cuisine because it's there's too much it's just Mm -hmm. like such a vast culture with all these beautiful like the history behind all these foods and like where they make like peppercorns like dry them out in the field and shit it's fucking it is such a good episode and it's literally all about showing this beautiful world of Indian cuisine throughout all the different regions that we have as Americans no idea about. Because yeah. they've been only exposed to like this tiny, tiny little portion. So yeah. if you get a chance, you and everyone listening, Ugly Delicious has an episode. of him. I, I want to watch. I love Aziz Ansari. I love I'm Aziz Ansari. I'm going to say
1: I it love- in 2021.
0: <laughs> Aziz is the fucking man. He's always like they even. I think they even put it in Parks and Rec. But he even said like his whole life, similar to what like you were saying, people would constantly ask him like where he's from, and he was like South Carolina. Yeah. Like, just like all the time, like I'm from South Carolina. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, all right, so. Uh, i'm sorry i don't feel like i'm like yelling um london food okay. london food i want to do a little bit of overrated underrated okay okay um bangers and mash overrated or underrated and
1: underrated we should be having that all the time in america it's so good it's just mashed potatoes and sausage and you know what british sausage so good oh, okay. so good
0: yeah like the actual like links of the bangers
1: it's it's like different. I'm not a big I'm not a big sausage fan. <laughs> uh, I'm a plate, but British sausage is made different. <laughs> it's different.
0: <laughs> uh, oh man, I'm, I'm not editing this episode. So <laughs> That's that. fine. I enjoy that. All right, So, uh, English breakfast
1: tea. Um, English breakfast. I would say overrated because it's just actual i mean like earl so two different things <laughs> so there's earl grey or i feel like only fucking americans drink earl grey i don't know It just it's just like too posh um breakfast tea almost too posh because no one would say they're having breakfast tea blend right. like the what you're having what my favorite tea is yorkshire gold okay. um And that, like, Lipton's is trash, obviously, but, like... (laughs)
0: No, I know. Yeah, no, I drink a lot of tea. Lipton's is is horrible,
1: yeah. And I would say if you're going over to the UK, like, it's going to be something like that. And, like, a, a builder's tea is, like, a really strong brew um people we'll have their favorites but yorkshire's pretty up there and you have to learn to drink tea americans with milk and sugar do not be a psychopath and drink your tea black with the bag in it oh my god like i'm at the point now where i'm so british ingrained that i see that happen i'm like is that how you're gonna have your, your, your black tea you're gonna have your black tea with the bag in it and like the what <laughs>
0: that's what when i'm see when i'm drinking tea Uh, to wake up, which is rare because I drink coffee, Mm. but when I do, I usually just drink it straight because I'm such a caffeine addict that I'll put, like, black tea or green tea or something and just think I need the most pure form of it, whatever, but, you know, not doing that. I'm always throwing in, like, lemon, honey, like, sometimes I'll put in, like, a splash of something, like, but the one drink that people have tried to get me to order multiple times, which I haven't yet, is a London Fog. uh, Definitely
1: Jim, right? (laughs)
0: Yeah, a London (laughs) Fog. It's like, uh, I, I, I don't know, tea, I've always drank it straight my whole life. But again, I've never had it be part of, like, a culture that I was that I was living yeah. in. Or, like, do, you know, it was always just kind of like, I'll throw a bag of tea in the microwave, put it in three minutes and shut up. You microwave.
1: Know? Oh, yeah. my God. Hey, I said when Cut I the cameras. Up, <laughs> when I, I am older now. I am a purist. All right? I even do poor coffee. <laughs> How fucking pretentious I've gotten
0: is that I only do coffee. You know,
1: oh, I'm yeah. Sure. I mean, I'm a big coffee snob as well.
0: Which is also, I've I've really... Gotten bad. Like, we only drink Cafe bustello because it's mm. strong, and we'll make like a fucking, not even just like a little espresso. No, I mean like a pot. Like, I'll make a pot yeah. of it, and that's what we drink, like 16 ounces in the morning. And then I wonder why, like, at 11 a.m. at work, just like, like tweaking out at my desk. Like, I have no idea why. But, uh.
1: I love buying uh, local beans. When I was in Brooklyn, I would buy like Brooklyn Roastery or like uh, like different Br- Brooklyn brands. Up here, I I'd buy slave to the grind beans, which are really good. They do fun flavors. Um, usually cause I'm single and I live alone. So it's, it's a, a AeroPress moment every morning. I have a Chemex mm. and actually in quarantine, yeah, I tried to buy filters and they were like sold out of Chemex filters on Amazon. Oh, yeah. I was like, what is going on?
0: That's why we got a reusable one. We got a gold reusable one.
1: I I got a reusable one and it sucks. So you can link me. Them,
0: yeah, I'll link you the one. If it's sense. good, it's beautiful, I love it. Really? Because there are reusable ones that are horrible. They're just trash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you okay. need to get the right one. Because I I was sick. Of those first of all, the filters for the Chemex are like you've seen. They're like it's like oh, oh yeah, cones. it's like you're carrying a dog out of the vet. You know, just like fucking. And so I and we needed some because we've been really in the kitchen trying to do less waste. Mm-hmm. So like I haven't bought Saran wrap in like two years, and mm-hmm. I haven't bought Ziploc bags in probably about as long so we have Mm -hmm. like reusable silicone bags we have beeswax instead of like cling wrap and same thing like with that the coffee filters you can go through those like so fast so Mm -hmm. like even the we even we have a drip machine too but it's um it's like the cuisinar one that has like the glass carafe you know yeah it's 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 nice but even with that one, it's a reusable filter. It's not like. Yeah, a- I
1: always a- use it. The- I don't yeah. understand the people who have the reusable filter and still put a filter on top of the reusable filter. What do you want weaker coffee? Like, what the My heck? mom does that. Like, she's like, I don't what know. The- le- <laughs> uh, apparently, we're going to offend a lot of people in this podcast. We've already have offended anyone who drinks black tea with the tea bag. Yeah. You're offended. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs>
0: Anybody who doesn't shop sustainably, you're feeling shit about yourself. You're, about you're done. So,
1: yeah. oh. <laughs> you don't need bangers and mash to cut. <laughs> Okay. We'll we'll offend some more people.
0: (laughs) One or two more of the British underrated. Okay. Yeah. So, um, actually just one, uh, fish and chips.
1: Um, perfectly rated. I don't know how people rate this. I think it's amazing.
0: (laughs) I I, I love fish and chips. I've never had it in London, but I do love fish and chips. And I've had like the straight kind of batter with all that stuff. And
1: you know, it's It's legit legit. when you have in the newspaper. You know, that's like the uh, the thing it's supposed to be served in like old newspaper. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. Which is funny now because, I mean, they probably do it so the ink doesn't run. But all the like a lot of the people that serve it, even in some of the restaurants around here, they do it and they put it in like paper. That's like obviously mm-hmm. meant for like edible food, but it looks like old newspaper. Yeah. So I actually went to a place and ordered it and they gave it to me like that on City Island, which was the weirdest thing ever like, I'm in, like, this weird, like, wannabe posh City Island restaurant. And they give me, like, fish and chips because, like, I'm not paying $40 for salmon. And I was like, uh, yeah, I'll get the fish and chips. I'm, like, with work colleagues. And I'm eating, like, fucking deep fried fucking food. Um, I-, I will tell
1: you the bravest thing I did in City Island was I got oysters. <laughs> raw oysters in
0: City Island. Well, no, you don't have to worry because they can't get anything out of that water there. Like it's. I swear
1: to God, those were, like, local... <laughs> And me and my brother, we love oysters. We got a dozen. The first, like, slurp of the oyster, we're like... (sighs) this doesn't taste good oh, this is no. this is suspicious and we kept going we're like we're just praying we don't get food poisoning we yeah. never did i've i've had so many sketchy oysters in my life for a dollar you can't beat that price I'm i'll sure. get an oyster out of someone's van the back of their van you know <laughs>
0: hey if they just came from the the water that's fine yeah i don't know i'm not gonna I
1: don't say know. no no good deal on oysters <laughs> not
0: even Are you kidding me? Oh, God. so fish and chips equally rated that's good all right now really quickly let's hop across the pond to, okay um brooklyn so, just really quick, what what was your, like, go-to um, pizza in Brooklyn? Could be a spot, could be a top, anything like that. Like, if you were going to go out and get a pizza, whether you were bringing it back or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what was your... Okay,
1: pod? I honestly, I don't have a, a favorite place in Brooklyn. I... I guess this is the Westchester in me that I was just like, no pizza that I've had down there compares to pizza up here. And I've had like, like, so our closest, like kind of one that people would recognize is artichoke pizza. Oh, yeah. And I artichoke pizza. Yeah. when I had artichoke pizza, I was like, worn. I was like, oh, it's like a little, like, it's very rich. It's very creamy. It's very creamy. Um, yeah, I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> Right, like I got a warning, I got it anyways on a drunken night, as you do in Bushwick. Right. And I was like, Yeah, this is a bit much, but I love a thin, thin crust pizza. It's and like, like I think, it, like, yeah. yeah, I've had their pizza, it's yeah. pretty good. I love Pepe's pizza, Pepe's is fucking amazing. I mean, Crestwood pizza, <laughs> local bringing yes. it local. And
0: I've said this on other podcasts before too. I It's hard for people like us because we've been spoiled to where we really—you have to actually try and get a bad slice in the area that we live. Even where I live, I moved up to Northern Westchester, and even around here, you know, I've had a few lemons, but for the most part, pizza's fine. It's great. Yeah, like it's good. I mean, we grew up in an Italian
1: neighborhood. I mean, you can't come at us and be like, "Try Italian food," like,
0: (laughs) no. We never, like, we never order Italian when we go out because not only have we been spoiled with that, but also you know, I'm of Italian descent and like, I grew up making red sauce. So like I can make, and my wife can make a better red sauce than I've had out multiple times. So it's really mm. hard to go out and buy something when you know that you can do it kind of better in your kitchen. Oh yeah. My, I mean,
1: my mom is amazing at that where she would go out to a restaurant, we'll love a dish and we'll tell her to make it and she'll do it amazingly. I like, mean, right, no one could beat her. Yeah. 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 Like no one could remake her eggplant rollatini as good oh. as mom, you know, <laughs>
0: love eggplant, ro- eggplant keto friendly too. So go figure. Um, yeah. <laughs> nice. um, well, if you don't bread the eggplant, I guess, yeah, it's keto-friendly, but, um, <laughs> but what's it called? All right, so now let's do just a quick overrated, underrated in Brooklyn, but this one's going to be dealer's choice, so it's just one thing, okay. and you live there for a bit, at least, you know, I mean, so what, from all the time that you were there, what do you think is something that's overrated and underrated, like two separate things, just like, okay, bed, you know, is pretty frequent, you know, mate tea or something like that, you know, right, right, anything, right. anything that you you're just like, yeah, this is not worth the hype. You
1: know? Okay. Okay. Let me think. <laughs> I would just, I'll start my underrated first. Cause I know what, what I know is underrated, which is Brooklyn dive bars. Really? I think people, the main reason, and this probably speaks to the alcoholic in me again. I, I lived in Brooklyn was like the prices of drinking there. A beer and a shot is $5 at my local bar, you know, you like you can't beat that. I got cocktails for like six or $7, you know, I would say on the other end of it Overrated is getting Anything but a beer and a shot Anything fancy in Brooklyn Just, just save that for your Manhattan Rooftop right. Don't. Get, I have been burned so many times Trying to get a cocktail at a bar Like It's called the Manhattan We live in New York City It's three ingredients
0: Are you okay? It's actually hard to fuck this up Like how you did I have no idea
1: um, I have no idea. I'm I'm uh, again very specific person with things, and like the worst my pet peeve is like when someone brings over a Manhattan, and it's obvious they shook it and they didn't they sh- didn't stir it, and you can see the ice layer on top, and I'm like horrible. horrible. <laughs> and horrible. then you sound like a bitch because you're I know, like you I can know. tell you shook the Manhattan like. <laughs> I mean, that,
0: was, that was my problem with dirty martinis because I make I make a good amount of cocktails, but one thing that I make really well is a good actual dirty martini to where I, like, mm. I muddle the olives in the bottom of the glass. Mm. Like, and I, That's I, dirty. Oh, yeah. And I, um, but, um, oh, God, it's like, I run a podcast, I can do this. Um, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> what's it so, like, I, I make a very good dirty martini, right, with the right kind of olives and everything. Mm-hmm. And I ordered one out a few times and I saw the bartender just take the jar of olives and just dip a little juice from the jar into the martini and I and I know that's how a lot of them make it but I instantly yeah. cringed because I'm like oh you son of a bitch that's not how you're supposed to do it oh my god mm-hmm. and I got like so I got like agitated my stomach I was like no I'm like this is bad I'm like you can't do this so now it's like that was a cocktail where I got burned so many times because I was paying $12 for something that Pretty much tasted like I honest in the low end, honestly <laughs> know, yeah. twelve dollars a steal. <laughs> I was I was at Stevens Green, so there's a reason for that. <laughs> uh,
1: so i have been there twice this week. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Steven's Green. Actually I'm above age now, so I don't care. But when I was not above age and we're talking ten years ago when they had different uh people running it, I right. believe, uh I that's where I went to to frequent quite often. And it wasn't their fault. I mean I had, you know, proper. You got
1: the beard. I think you look older than you do at that age. Yeah, I age, do now, you know?
0: but like back then, 10 years ago, no, nah, man, I looked like, <laughs> no, nah, I looked like somebody that just rushed out of a book fair, you know? I just, looked like, <laughs> I looked like I was frazzled coming out of a scholastic book fair. That's what I looked. Oh, like. Oh, so again.
1: you read. You already look, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you're already, you're already better than most men. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. oh, yeah. Got the Lamborghini poster, got the goosebumps. I got all that shit on my wall. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, all right. So that's, that's, that's good to know for Brooklyn. So, I don't know if you could all right if you could bring one thing right food wise that's frequent in london or at least the uk or even another country you know canada whatever here i mean for me what it would be is having malt vinegar be more of a staple condiment on tables all right that's like because i know for a fact that in canada in the uk and a couple other places malt vinegar is like heinz malt vinegar is always on the table especially Mm -hmm. with fish and chips you know Mm -hmm. but also just in general even if you order like fries whatever there's always a bottle of them on the table so that would be my thing but like if you could bring one thing from either london or wherever food wise or drink whatever here to be more frequent in the states what would that what would that be
1: it would okay it would have to be like there's a couple of things, but number one would be a sausage roll because I think they're the perfect snack, and there's so many times a sausage roll has saved me from starvation. Not being dramatic at all. No, um, <laughs> sure. So, basically, if you don't know what it is, it's a, a say, sausage.
0: Say euphemisms are just running through my. Yeah. You <laughs> may need a little clarity. May need a little clarity for the audience.
1: So <laughs> it's it's like sausage minced up in a pastry puff. And it's a savory like baked item and you usually get it like equivalent if they would sell it at like 7-Eleven next to the taquitos, you know, like it's like, it's always in a warm section in a warm box and you, you it costs, yeah, it costs literally one quid, one pound and it fills you up and it's amazing Could eat it on the go. It's savory. I'm a savory person. Uh, So I love a savory snack over a sweet snack. So sausage rolls for that. And I would say number two for drinks. Pim's cup, which I saw is you post that on uh, oh, yeah, <laughs>
0: Bites, by the way, uh, hashtag Becca Bites,
1: hashtag Becca Bites on Instagram, guys. I eat everywhere, and that's how I keep track of my own food for myself, which is amazing, uh, too.
0: <laughs> a but yeah, when I saw you post the bottle of Pim's, I was like, that's something that should definitely be on tables more yes
1: it's like the perfect it's like a british sangria but it's not wine it's like a liqueur that you water down with um sparkling lemonade they just call it lemonade in the uk but their lemonade is clear and carbonated so Um, the the u.s right so so you have to be kind of creative to recreate that you can't use regular lemonade american lemonade you have to use either sprite or like some posture fizzy thing. Right, I use the, the one, one at Wegmans. Call,
0: that's what they call lemonade. That's mm-hmm. like closer to what they call like, you
1: know. Yeah, lemonade. so there's t- different, des- this is very confusing to anyone who's listening. There's Google Pims. Google Pims cup. <laughs> They're like, there's more types than one lemonade. <laughs> so, I mean,
0: you, you uncultured swine, all right, if you can't intellectually keep <laughs> up with us on this podcast, all right, just sign <laughs> you know. Just go listen to uh, go listen to call her daddy or something. All right,
1: not our podcast. All right? <laughs> not our podcast. Uh, yeah. So uh, the Pim's Cup is so good because it's so refreshing and it does not get you drunk. So the joke within my friend group is that I always make a cocktail. If you drink my cocktail, you will get drunk within like two cups. Like I, I, I even if it tastes good, and I've gotten better masking the taste, that people are like, "Oh, what is in this?" Yeah, exactly. Don't how much, lie. How much
0: of what is in this? <laughs> yeah I, i've been known i've been yelled at before for having a very heavy hand uh when yeah make cocktails but i mean you know if you're gonna do something anything worth doing is worth doing right you know what i mean i know right
1: so i mean pims cup though properly made you can you can drink the entire pitcher and not be drunk it's like beautiful amazing. picnic daytime drunk it's amazing it's
0: amazing oh man all right well that's uh, better answers than i could have ever anticipated for. Me. just <laughs> incredible so all right um Oh man, I don't know this is uh, this is this is this is such a hoot. This is nice to. to <laughs> talk about. Um, I'm ready for
1: questions. If you have any more, let me know. Yeah, no,
0: I definitely, I have, definitely have some. So I do this thing called Dank or Rank, okay? Okay. And Dank obviously means you know, dope as fuck, you know. And Rank as in like rank, like disgusting. And I'm gonna do it with some foods that I'm gonna list. Um, you don't have to go into explanations if you want, but it's strongly encouraged. Um, you know, like a short response on a test. Um, okay. Okay. And. These are usually foods. I, I pretty much have kept the list kind of the same in a lot of episodes, kind of, because I kind of want to see where people are gauged and- uh, Interesting. You know, so okay. Maybe secretly maybe judge people, but um, no, <laughs> just kidding. Um, it's only, it's there's not only, secret. There's only one, yeah, there's, it's no secret. There's only, <laughs> if you've listened to any of my podcast, it is no secret. Once I get to the fifth one down on the list, that's the one where I won't judge you because I know you, but if I'm like in a podcast with somebody who I don't really know or I've never met, which has happened, and they say- something i'm just like oh okay
1: yeah can i get your response after i'm curious yeah okay okay i'm an open goosebumps over
0: here in the scholastic Fair. <laughs> all right so let's do some danker rank uh first one anchovies
1: honestly it's it's rank for me I know you just did an anchovies thing, so I know your answer is, yeah, is I also, dank.
0: I eat them out of the fucking can like a, like a gobble. I'm, I'm like, I put them yeah. on like a toast with butter and like the chili crunch on top, so they were very like masked. I wasn't just like, I'm not a friggin' psycho. I'm not just eating them out of the can like that. That's, you know, weird.
1: I think if I had them properly, I just haven't had a lot of anchovy dishes just because there's not a lot of anchovy dishes around.
0: Well, if there's but, one thing I can suggest to you. To make and mm-hmm. try for yourself, it's uh, the Italians called alige sauce. Okay, and you basically pulverize anchovies until it's a paste, and you then crush garlic and take your knife and smear that together and make an anchovy garlic paste. Mm-hmm. Throw that in blazing hot olive oil in a pan until it almost evaporates, and then you make a red sauce. But you use that sounds that, good. You use that as the base. We have that every Christmas Eve, um, always at my house. Um, and it's, it, it might be a nice way to very subtly introduce a nice kind of flavor because I'm not telling people to open up cans of anchovies and just dig in. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, like, it's just, there's like, there's like 900 milligrams of sodium in a can. That's like three inches long. Jeez. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's like having a cup of ramen. It's horrible. But, um, all right. So anchovies. Yeah. For me, it would be dank, but again, it has to be very specific circumstances. Um, the next one, cilantro. Oh,
1: obviously. Okay. Dank as fuck. The dankest.
0: All right. And we, I've talked about this pretty much every episode, but you know about the green soap thing, right? Yes, yes, okay. I do. I My do. brother has
1: that, and I i don't, thankfully. I still
0: feel so bad. I spent so many years bad people, just calling them like, oh man, this guy's just being a little bitch. Like, he doesn't <laughs> know. Like, cilantro is delicious. What is wrong with you? It doesn't taste like soap. And I didn't know until, like, really, like, recently that it's like an actual genetic thing where, like, yeah. it really, really tastes like green soap. And I feel so bad because I've said so many horrible things, but you know Yeah, my
1: sister and me we're good with it. We love cilantro. My brother it, it tastes like soap to him. So, well, you know, it's uh yeah. it's always
0: parsley or just <laughs> you don't eat dinner. Um, <laughs> I, I, all right, so uh this one I'm curious about cottage cheese.
1: Um it's it's rank for me. I feel like it's one of those dated 90s diet foods yeah. for no reason. Um Is it the um,
0: texture or is it taste for you?
1: It's like both. It's like, I'm not going. Why would I? I mean, what else would you put cottage cheese? Maybe this is just me, but what else? But that and grapefruit is what you've known it to be. could you even put that in a pasta? I mean, what is it even meant for? Like, it's a no for me. There's so many other cheeses I would do in in lieu of, like a feta if a stronger taste, like a mascarpone for a lighter oh, taste, right. like ricotta for a texture. Yes. I would never choose cottage cheese.
0: That was my whole thing. Like, just eat fucking ricotta. Like, take ricotta, put it Right, in, right. The like, it's just, and I even, I think on one of my episodes, I described it as a little too testicular in the worst way which it definitely is and it's just it's the texture is almost worse because it's like you just soften silica gels covered in like non-flavored cream or something like in your it's it's the weirdest texture to me and i've never liked it since i was a kid and some people I know people, even relatives of mine, who, like, love it. Like, they just have it on top of fruit, and they just eat it out of the fucking I
1: truck. think it's a generational thing. I don't know anyone our age who likes cottage cheese. I think it was, for that time, they're going to look back, you know, in 50 years and be like, ugh, avocados. And like, I know, yeah, <laughs> You <yeah>. know? <laughs> it's well, one of those generational foods.
0: Right. All right. Um, bah, 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 bah. I'm going to skip this one. Well, I had egg- eggplant.
1: Oh, I love eggplant. Uh, dang.
0: Yeah, yeah. Every time I've asked that, everyone's always just like, dang, I'm like, why don't I have this on here? <laughs> um this one's kind of uh, kind of impotent uh pineapple on pizza.
1: Oh, absolutely rank. I'm sorry, Trace, Goodbye. I'm already no. You
0: just you just made my night. Now, here's the thing, <laughs> is that these fucking godless heathens put pineapple right. on pizza and they say it's because of the, smell, the salty and the sweet and the acidity mixed with the sweetness you know what dick you're already getting that with the tomatoes and the sauce you're already getting a sensation of something that's a little bit sweet mixed with something acidic and something a little bit spe- like no you know what don't put pineapple on pizza and then one of my uh, a friend of mine tried to get me to eat pineapple with like ham on pizza but not like not even like good ham or like ham hocks like just legit just like sliced like deli ham that was like thrown on uh. Like you could just put prosciutto on top. Why would you I'm like, why would you Why would you put ham? That's disgusting.
1: No, I, I don't get the sweet, again, I'm not like a sweet fan anyways, but like the pineapple, it's a constant dating thing I see on dating apps too. It's like, oh pineapple on pizza I'm so controversial. It's like, no, you just have no taste. <laughs> and it's an automatic swipe left for me. That tells me we have massive cultural differences. We'll never see eye to eye. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> very, very, very telling. Which also, like, I have no problem with like pineapple, but even like tacos al pastor, right? Mm -hmm. Which is usually pineapple and pork. It's never done right around here, which is why Mm -hmm. I never get it because you can't just take a few chunks of pineapple and throw it into a pork taco and be like, pastor, it's not how it works. It's supposed to be made on a shawarma type thing. And the pineapple mm-hmm. is supposed to be layered in the middle with the pork around it so that as it slowly cooks, the subtle flavor of the pineapple is cooking through the pork. And then it's sliced mm-hmm. very thin and there are no chunks of pineapple sometimes. You know, that's like... Yeah. And it's actually it's a Mexican dish that was actually brought to Mexico by Lebanese immigrants in I think the early 20th century. So it's really like a Lebanese dish which ties mm-hmm. back into like the shawarma type thing. And it's never really done properly. And I remember I even went to a taco place that our friends brought us to years ago called Pastor in the city. And I was very disappointed. I'm like, yeah, yeah there's yeah.
1: not a lot of great tacos here. I mean, you've gone to California, you've had their tacos. Yeah, Yeah, I think yeah. their tacos
0: are much better. Yeah, well, the West Coast, that's what they have on us. They have amazing They've got those. the tacos. <laughs> they got the tacos, they got the sushi, like, they like I mean, we, do maybe, we do good sushi. We do good sushi, but yeah, I just feel like there's more places that do it really, really well on the West Coast. Mm. Like, which, I mean, I don't know if it's because they're all just, like, you know, Pacific Man, you know, it's all right there. You know? maybe I don't know, but who knows i just uh yeah tacos are absolutely one thing that um that we have to uh probably work on here in new york okay, okay.
1: uh so back.
0: um sardines sardines
1: i guess it's like the same thing with anchovies same answer i'm not like opposed to it i love seafood i that's love the, that
0: that's a little bit more specific sardines that's like you really have to like like sardines, yeah. <laughs> to like to really be open to it because it's anchovies. You can mask, you know, any great Caesar dressing that I I make Caesar from scratch. It starts with that with a garlic anchovy paste, and then you put in like egg yolks, and you just slowly drizzle in like canola oil, and you're making a beautiful uh, Caesar dressing with lemon and all that stuff. But just eating like straight anchovies, straight sardines, it's very. Like if you're not used to that, it's very weird. So that okay, mm. I'm not, I'm not a, uh, I don't judge people on that. I'm, I'm, I'm the weird one who like mixes sardines with like, mustard, <laughs> puts it on toast and just like, oh, I'm,
1: I'm not opposed. I'm, I'm ready to be proven wrong.
0: Right. <laughs> so that's good. Maybe I'll, I'll think of a good, uh, a good sardine recipe. Maybe. <laughs> um, all right. White chocolate.
1: Oh, it's the rank for me. I'm not a white chocolate fan.
0: That's fine. That's fine. I like white chocolate, but I'm also big enough to admit it's not chocolate like it's, yeah,
1: I, i'm not a, i'm not a massive chocolate person and i'm not a dessert person like i'm like eh, like fine like but over so that I, i'm more dark chocolate for sure
0: dark chocolate is great i love dark chocolate mm-hmm. and we we usually keep a bar in like the freezer just to like you know pick oh
1: perfect right.
0: but i'm also i'm not a big like late night sweet person like even mm-hmm. if i've like drank a lot or if i've taken like you know edibles plural um like i'm not reaching for like a cookie or like a cupcake or anything i'm always like want something like salty and like crunchy yeah like i want like nuts or chips or like crisps or something like that you know just like mm-hmm. something like you know like chicharrones which is just like you know nah, just like shove it in my face love it um all right last one on the list candy corn
1: candy corn um that is definitely rank
0: <laughs> oh man i'll find i'll find a community one day that agrees with me that oh my god
1: Are you think that, that you think that's dank
0: i think candy corn is fucking dank i think the fact that there's nothing having to do with corn in it whatsoever aside from the fact that there's high fructose corn syrup. It's like kind of amazing. And it's it's I don't know. It doesn't taste like corn. It's I was also I was a weird kid though. I said on one of my last episodes, I used to eat like those circus peanuts too from CVS. You know, like the wow. Ones. Yeah.
1: But are telling me your parents did not buy you Snickers. Like you t- you're basically Snickers.
0: Me are you kidding me? I grew up with whole wheat bread brown rice like when i said to my mom can i have a fruit roll up she pulled out one of those leather straps from trader joe's you know like the tiny ones yeah I'm like yep here's your fruit roll up like that was my leg like... so then when i got older i was just like what's hamburger helper oh
1: mom, man i was
0: like you've never had what about rice aroni? i'm like the fuck is rice aroni? And then I, I would
1: prefer it. your childhood, though, because my parents were all, they were so lazy. I was the first kid, they were young parents. So it was like, you know, ramen, chicken, like, yeah, like, it was just very, hamburger helper, shake and bake, you know, That's it was all those,
0: dog, leg, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's, which I, I, I
1: understand. Gushers, I had all of them, I had all of it. And then I grew up and I was like, no white bread in the house. <laughs>
0: I, I did the opposite I got older and I'm just like so I've made my sourdough and I'm gonna put some full fat butter on it you know <laughs> that's every that's, time I go to my parents house I'm like and I cook I'm like you know I go for the butter and I'm, I ask somebody to give me the butter like my mom she's like well it's not butter I'm like what is it she goes well it's made from vegetables oh my right? god so what is it she goes well it, it's butter I'm like but it's not I'm like you just said it wasn't butter so what is it and she was like well it's it's, it's you know it's like a vegetable spread I'm like, you saying the words vegetable spread is making me just not want to cook. Oh, uh, like, yeah, just what like, is no, that? I don't, I have no idea. It's like, I can't believe it's not butter, but like worse. So, yikes. But all right, so that was Danker Rank. Thank you so much for playing that. Thank um, you for having me. Start to, to, before we start to segue into the uh, the outro, of this um anything you want to shout out anything you want to plug anything you want to tell the people anything on your mind you want to give your views on existentialism or nihilism anything (laughs) anything anything you uh you want to do
1: no i think um if you guys want to find me i'm on like at becca Saad everywhere uh tiktok and instagram and otherwise
0: i'm gonna put all of your tags and guys i'll have all of her tags for coven and her personal insta all that shit is going to be in the description and whatever i post on instagram obviously
1: yeah. And I mean, honestly, we can talk about food all day. So I, I hope you guys learned a little bit about, you know, the British culture and everything like that and follow along because I'll be moving there back in the fall. Are you and excited, at,
0: so are you excited about going a little bit more north to, to leave yeah, London, as opposed to like London? Because I know London's a great city. I mean, it's probably hard to compare that to a lot of other places. So like, I don't know, how do you feel about like lo- relocating somewhere that like is totally different from like London?
1: Yeah, I never been to the north. um, But my first friend, my first year I lived in the UK was from Yorkshire. So I like learning the Yorkshire accent, which is like (laughs) very rough and hard to listen to and understand and also tons of slang in there um, was definitely a learning curve. But because of that I feel like I understand them I love northern people they're so full of warmth and they're amazing and I love the drinking pub culture oh, yeah. it's cheaper than London um <laughs> so I'm I'm excited to really fully experience the north <laughs>
0: that's gonna be amazing I'm so excited for you yeah. which is uh, incredible we're actually I think we're planning a trip uh we're hoping to plan a trip to Scotland in, in the near future hopefully next year
1: well, whenever you do, feel free to come visit me. Pop over in Leeds. We'll mean, go for a pint.
0: It's the same land, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> and, but yeah, I mean, the Northern, the Northern English accents are pretty crazy. Like, like Charlie Hunnam, right? You know Charlie Hunnam from mm-hmm. Sins of Anarchy? His, his, his accent is more like this when he talks. And a lot of it is because its because he has been very Americanized. But also when he talks like this, it's because where he's from in England is literally on the border with Scotland up there. Mm. And so he's got this very weird bastardized kind of version of the accent up there, which is also if you watch, if anybody watched Sons of Anarchy towards the later seasons, he just stopped trying to have an American accent. It was pretty hilarious. That's amazing. I mean,
1: the UK has the most amount of, like, different dialects in any country ever. It's like...
0: It it is insane. Even within London itself, the different Mm -hmm. it's just like, what the fuck, you know? And, like, but the one I've always loved in all of England, maybe because I'm, like, a huge Beatles fan, but Liverpool accent is pretty, uh... Mm. It's just because it's so, like, subdued, you know, like this, you know, from Liverpool, you know, kind of (laughs) <laughs> just like you know, everything's very you know very chilly even when they're talking like this and they're kind of mad you know it's like kind of you know it's just it's always it seems like it's very kind of on an even keel which i kind of like a lot do you
1: have um a least favorite accent or no
0: a least favorite accent um well i used to struggle with doing russian a lot because i can do okay. a, a lot of accents pretty well like you know australian i can do australian pretty well uh, i know,
1: always do. confuse that with british i'm terrible at that <laughs>
0: Well, it's i mean it's understandable though, because in certain words in certain parts of england it literally sounds like they sound mm-hmm. so fucking similar russian was one but the one that i've struggled with for years that i've tried to do and i can't do is fucking south african i can oh yeah that's yeah. very
1: specific i had a south african friend and it sounded like just british to me but with like a little bit of like a twist
0: yeah it's like you know they yeah. say south africa they say south africa you know yeah it's like no these are born for the days these are the news for us you know for us like it's just like that's like it's very like it's so oh man it's something i've literally struggled with for years but i don't know i i i love accents i love i love being able to tell between like new zealand and you know australia you know mm-hmm. and, uh, which is hard for a lot of people but i used to watch flight of the concord so i really know what new zealand sounds like i'll see um, you know <laughs> so, I, so i know it's like i've been there it's fine um so the last segment in this which i didn't tell you about because i like to surprise people is, oh, uh, As you remember from our glorious high school days, we had this amazing game called Fuck, Mary Kill. So, oh, yeah. Now, we're going to do that, but with food. All right. Okay. So if you have a food that you just want like a dirty one night stand with and you wake up dehydrated and your head <laughs> out, and you're just like, you know what, I can't do that all the time. But I just, you know what, another like two months or so, I'll be ready for that. And then okay. you have a food that you would absolutely wipe up every single day, once a day, if not more depending Mm -hmm. on you know the season um and then a food that you would happily murder like a food you would just throw in the trash knowing that it would never exist for humans in general and it could be it could be a food it could be a meal it could be a drink or an ingredient anything a spice
1: okay this is this is very hard i think i would i would definitely fuck a shrimp alfredo Mm -hmm. Like, I, I used to be my favorite food when I was, like, a kid. Because that's just a kid favorite. It's oh, just, yeah. like, creamy and, like, yeah, I don't know. You think you're being posh, but you're not. And if shrimp alfredo is your favorite and you're a 20-something-year-old, check your life. Like, check yourself. <laughs> it's not, guys, eat something else. <laughs>
0: oh, man. That's, that, that's being a little judgmental, but adding a little bit of spice.
1: It's it's spice. spice but it was me it was me i get it like oh. i would definitely fuck a shrimp alfredo like okay. a good one yeah oh, i would I I guilty that sound pleasure bite.
0: that's the soundbite i need to keep I, I, I would totally fuck a shrimp alfredo that's like, <laughs> if i could just get that on a loop man day made, you know day made
1: yeah and then i think for mary ah oh, this is so hard i think a good moroccan like turkey stew you know like with like it's not chili but there are like Kind of beans in there turkey is like lean and then like the you making like this tomato base yourself and adding all these like moroccan spices like that is so good and it's actually healthy for you that you could have that and i have had this like every single day of the week does not get old i'll marry that thing that's right. good that's like just okay. just different enough that
0: is that is by far the most unique answer for that that i've had so far. really absolutely that is, fucking, that is awesome, that is awesome.
1: All right. And then if I had to kill, I don't know, tilapia, who cares? Like, kill it. Kill it.
0: Weird. Somebody else did a reverse danker rank on me on an episode, and they asked me. One of them was tilapia. And <laughs> I was like, I, you know, the few times that I've had it, it's been, like, okay at restaurants, but, like, I don't think I would ever make it because it's so easy. To
1: right. Drink. No I'm one's like, buying like, tilapia. Let's yeah, be honest with ourselves.
0: Like, no. It's like tilapia, halibut. There are certain things that, I don't know, I feel like are just so hard.
1: Any other fish is more interesting by nature than tilapia.
0: Literally, any other
1: fish. So we we kill it.
0: Even goldfish. goldfish. Who cares
1: about the ecosystem? Who cares? (laughs) Just kill tilapia. We're fine.
0: We're too far past at this point.
1: We replace it with more salmon. We can always do with more salmon in the world. Yeah,
0: salmon. (laughs) Salmon. I surprisingly enough, I actually I love salmon, and I don't eat salmon like as cooked, Mm. really ever anymore. I just make locks. Because I oh, love locks and I have a special, I don't have a smoker because I live in an apartment and I'm normal. Um, mm-hmm. So I can't make like smoked salmon, but I love like actual smoked salmon, like locks flavor. Because Grav are great, but Grav you make at home and you just cure with salt and yeah. sugar and some spices. So it doesn't always have that like smoky flavor. So what I do is I load in the cure with the salt and the sugar, a lot of smoked paprika. So a Interesting. Paprika and, like a little bit of chipotle, like a tiny, tiny bit of chipotle powder. And what that does is it adds that like smokiness. So over the two days, while the salmon's slowly curing in the fridge, it just that smoky flavor just like embeds itself into all those beautiful little grains. I love mm. salmon so much, and I love salmon skin. Last time I had mm. salmon skin, I literally hacked it off the bottom of the fillet after it had cured, sliced it up, and just threw it in like 350 degree oil in a cast iron, and it just like crisped up like a fucking chicharron. It was so that sounds so good, so good. Like oh my god, I'm I'm gonna start putting that in like salads and like in my wraps mm-hmm. and shit. It's just Oh, it smelled up. the. I mean the apartment smelled.
1: Oh my gosh, every time you cook fish. Yeah, I know
0: <laughs> Pretty horrible for a while, but um, you know, couldn't get past that But um, yeah, I don't know man. All right. So this is this is pretty much the outro. Thank you So much for doing this and I think of we course. did in like a, t- a pretty a pretty tight hour, which is Good because i Honestly, learning. yeah,
1: I was like this is fast <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I've been known to uh, I've been known to, to rant a bit. So that's that's good. Um Alright, so this has been this has been a fucking hoot and a half. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, guys, if you like this episode, listen to some of my lo- uh, past episodes, but probably not past episode 8 or 9 because that, before that, it gets uh, it's pretty rough in some episodes. Nah, um, binge
1: them all. That's yeah. true, fans. There's yeah, true. there's Nuggets in there. It's like a Marvel series film. If you didn't get the Nuggets, you'd listen to all of them.
0: Exactly. You know, Easter <laughs> eggs. There's Easter eggs all throughout the series. Yes, yes, They're yes. If <laughs> <think> <laughs> there are, and they go back and just are listening. Exactly. You know? psychology man psych i took a class <laughs> in my first year of college i know <laughs> oh man all right so guys i'm gonna link all of becca's stuff for uh her instagram for coven for hashtag becca's bites everything's gonna be in the description becca thank you so 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 much for coming on this has been of awesome. course it's so much fun and i think you're definitely gonna be on the repeat. Uh, list for people to come back if you're if you're willing i'm gonna start doing i'm willing I'm to start doing more themed episodes too it's not just going to be like listening to me rattle off shit for like mm. an hour um yeah so thank you so much anything else you want to say before i uh stop this recording here
1: i uh, no. know thanks guys for listening you know where to find me and it's been a pleasure
0: well, it's, been, it's been it's been the, the biggest of pleasures so, <laughs> all right guys thanks so much tune in for the next episode and i'm not going to tell you who the guest is because i don't know
1: so, mm. <laughs>